clicks her fingers, and here comes Wasteman. Bam, 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 bam. Racist bastard. He uh, broke his own leg trying to counter a wrist lock. Just sue my fucking ass and suck my dick while you're at it. Gorilla press through a table, fucking misses the table. Dumps me on the concrete fucking ground. Since you wanna shoot, cowboy! So, WrestleMania 35's in the record books. It was a success. But I am starting this episode pissed the fuck off. Martin, why are you pissed off? Oh, thanks, thanks for asking, mate. The reason why I'm so fucking annoyed is because I've just recorded an hour and a half. You know what, actually, counting-wise, it was an hour 25-minute long episode. I have fucked my throat up. I was talking non-stop. Checked back through the audio, and I was just getting horrible fucking... Five minutes in, I just started getting horrible fucking feedback down my microphone. Uh, the quality sounded terrible, so yeah, I'm really fucking pissed off. I assume it was because of my phone. We've had feedback problems before, me and Daniel have tried recording. I've turned my phone off, and it seems to have, seems to have worked fine. So I'm hoping this is going to be working. So unfortunately, that means that this episode is now going to be cut a hell of a lot shorter. You never know, it might end up being a bit more fucking um, interesting now because I'm actually pissed off. Whereas when I was reviewing before, I was actually really happy. But yeah, that's really, really fucking annoyed me. It's a good thing I've got nothing to do today at all. It is currently quarter to three. My voice is fucked. Um, so yeah, we're just going to run straight through it, guys. So, last night, WrestleMania 35 is officially in the history books, and was it a success? Yes. For me, it was. Definitely. Uh, 7 out of 10. Congratulations to WWE. Um, I'm not going to be one of those winners that sit here and complain and say, oh, WWE just don't know how to get it right, because I think, personally, WWE know week in and week out how to get things right and how to get things wrong. I think they do a lot of things that they do on purpose to get the reaction out of us that we want to keep us invested if they gave us everything we wanted every week and they gave us everything we wanted every single pay-per-view it'd get boring and it'd get stale and we all know that it would but last night wwe for some reason decided us decided to give us everything that we wanted and it was awesome man it obviously it's it's a fucking seven hour plus show not everything was going to be perfect there are things that i am going to shoot on um, so we'll get into it when we come across them. But anyway, let's fucking jump straight into it, shall we? So first of all, let's start with a kickoff show. Personally, one of the worst kickoff shows I've ever seen. Um, man, I'm not a massive fan of kickoff shows, but they get you in mood, don't they? The kickoff panel, fuck me. Um, I'm just gonna harp on that something quickly. Coach Sam Roberts, Paige and JBL. Paige and JBL might as well have not been there. They were offering nothing. Coach, compare Coach to Charlie Caruso from NXT two nights ago. Charlie Caruso was excited. She was fucking buzzed. She was pumped. She was constantly getting involved in the conversations, bringing new topics up. Coach just sounded like he was reporting on on ESPN. He just sounded, he looked like he didn't want to be there. Um, everything that he was saying was obviously so scripted. Obviously, Charlie Caruso scripted as well, but she was putting it across like she was excited that that was her WrestleMania, that she wanted to be there. She was so buzzing. And Coach, man, he was just reading off the fucking teleprompt. Fucking wet prick. 
Anyway, speaking of wet pricks, let's talk about Sam Roberts. I used to be a fan of Sam Roberts until he decided to work with WWE. Now, for some reason, he's decided to try and be some kind of heel reporter, and it feels ridiculous. It looks stupid, and it sounds like a joke. Um, for some reason, every time someone would bring up the fact that a face was going to win, or a possibility of a face winning, Sam Roberts thinks that it's a good idea to interrupt them and then put away um, a heel comment, or put away a heel outlook on the match mate i'm not gonna lie you don't sell me as a heel at all i don't know why you're still trying it and the bianca Belair stuff at the royal rumble i thought was really quite embarrassing it kept it felt proper tryhard and this was just as bad uh he wasn't great on nxt takeover and he wasn't great at all on the wrestlemania kickoff show um so yeah sam roberts fucking i don't know why but you've just turned into a proper weasel just give it up and go back to how you are. You put, you're trying to act at something that you're not. Waste, man. Anyway, let's jump into the first match. So it was Buddy Murphy versus Tony Nice. A lot of people liked this match. Obviously, it wasn't the best match on the card, but a lot of people liked it. Personally, I didn't. Um, I didn't understand why Tony Nice had the majority of the offense if he was going over clean. Um, the way the match was booked, Nice did have the majority of the offense. Buddy Murphy hit a couple of things. Buddy Murphy obviously hit his finisher. Tony Nese kicked out. Tony Nese hit one finisher on Buddy Murphy and pinned him clean. Um, I felt like it was a bit of a damp showing for Buddy Murphy, really. I hope that that's the last time we're going to see him on 205 Live. I hope that that's more in the sense of, yeah, we'll just give the title to Tony Nese and you can just go off and start a different path. The one thing that did annoy me as well is the fact that Tony Nese just beat Buddy Murphy, a guy who's held the Cruiserweight title for a long, long fucking time now, and who has been the juggernaut of the Cruiserweight division. Um, he's beaten great, great athletes. Um, and then Tony Nese beat him. He had a 20-second um, celebration. They go to the panel, and that was it. The panel doesn't even talk about it. That's it. We we don't here. We don't talk about how all of a sudden shit. What the fuck? Tony Nese has just beaten Buddy Murphy clean in the middle of the ring. That's a big. That's a big thing. But no, didn't talk about it at all. So that just really fucking wound me up. Anyway, not a hill I want to die on. Women's Battle Royal. Sarah Logan looked like a fucking star. Um, really did. But unfortunately, the match was. Uh, God, it was. This was really bad. Um. I'm not against women being in Royal Rumbles and Battle Royals at all. I enjoyed the first Women's Royal Rumble. Um, the second one this year wasn't that good. I thought it was still entertaining. But uh, but um, this Battle Royal, unfortunately, it was, just, it was just a proper botch fest. They were missing a lot of things. And also, a lot of the women who got eliminated for being over the top rope, you could clearly see that when they were running to the ropes, they didn't have enough momentum behind them. So they were trying to force themselves over and it just it just looked stupid, unfortunately. But yeah, Sarah Logan had a really good showing, but Carmella went over in the end. Um, whether they'll do something with that, I don't know. Personally, I think it would have been better if they'd have given it to Sarah Logan. Um, she could have been like, oh, well, Ruby, why are you winning the, the Riot Squad when I won the fucking Battle Royal? They could have done something like that, but who knows. But anyway... Um, Chuffed for Sarah Logan. Anyway, moving straight along. Revival versus Hawkins and Ryder. Again, this is another match that uh, I didn't like the ending, to be quite honest. Um, I'm not a guy who likes comedy acts going over legitimate 
wrestlers. I really don't. I understand that the Revival are never going to be put in a main event card now that they've made the clear, their feelings clear that they want to leave WWE and that they're more than likely going to be leaving when their contract ends. Uh, fingers crossed that they do. So WWE are obviously going to book them like shit for the next year. Um, that's just understandable. And Revival still did have the tag team titles, I guess. But Hawkins, I know that people enjoyed it that Hawkins finally got his first win and blah, blah, blah. But for me, I just don't like comedy acts going over real wrestlers. Um, for, for instance, if you put like Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, who are a tag team at the moment, you've just put them together as a tag team. They haven't grown up as a tag team. They've not been brought up as a tag team. So if you put them over them, I wouldn't be too bothered. But the Revival are legitimately one of the best tag teams in the world of wrestling today. And you've just put a comedy act over them clean. Uh, I don't know, I just it just isn't for me. But anyway, Hawkins and Ryder are the new Raw Tag Team Champions. Hopefully that's just transition and they'll lose them tonight. Don't really want to see those two really run roughshod over the tag team division. I think that would just be a joke. Um, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. EC3 got eliminated within 10 seconds, so that shows his loyalty and his desire to be on fucking WrestleMania. Um, the match itself, obviously, was just a typical Battle Royal. Um, no, amazing, really. The one thing I do want to say is Braun Strowman has leaned down a lot. Don't know if that's him personally doing a life decision or if they've asked him to do that. Not too sure. But he was flying around that ring like a fucking guy on heat. Don't even know. I'm not accusing him of being on drugs or anything. Not accusing him of juicing. Nothing like that at all. But there was a fucking moment where he sprinted back in the ring. Launched himself into the ropes and hit a double drop kick. Um, I like Braun. I do like Braun. I really do. But someone needs to grab this guy and just tell him to calm down and bring it down. Um, when he was eliminating guys last night, he was doing it so fast the cameramen couldn't even keep up with it. There's a difference between going fast pace and doing stuff that makes sense and doing it in the timely fashion to make sense for the crowd in the stadium and the crowd watching it. Um, or the, sorry, the fan base watching it on TV. So someone just needs to pull, because I have seen this before and I did blame it on the fact that he was a bit green, but you can't say that he's green now after the years that he's had. So someone just needs to pull him back and just say, look, just slow down, take it easy. You're the big guy in this. If you want to add another uh, um, weapon to your arsenal and you want to be a bit like you want to be a bit faster, for instance, than typical big men back in the day, that's cool. That's something new. That's awesome. We'll look forward to be to be promoting that for your character. But just just bring it down a bit. Let it sink in what you've just done. And then psych up for the next move. Don't, you can be fast paced. But last night just showed that he's basically gone out there. He's been excited that he's going to win the match. And he's just been running here, there and everywhere. Just bring it down a bit. Just a touch. That's all I'm saying. And look, I'm not fucking like Stone Cold Steve Austin or anything. I'm not Kenny Omega. I'm not the best wrestler in the world telling you what to do. I'm just saying from my um, personal point of view, it looked really... Just, just a bit... Just a bit green still. And obviously there's still work to be done there with Strowman, uh, promo-wise as well. But look, this guy's got a lot of things going for him. Anyway, let's get on to the main card. So it starts off with um, Alexa Bliss. And for some unknown fucking bastard reason, I don't know why, clicks her fingers, 
And here comes Wasteman. Bam, 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 bam. Racist bastard. Uh, racist Hulk Hogan comes out. Um, I've heard so many stories over the years about Hulk Hogan being an absolute bastard. Um, we heard firsthand how racist this cunt is. Uh, I don't have respect for Hogan. I really don't. Um, so it is what it is. That's just my personal feelings to it. Don't know why they brought Hogan out, why they thought they need to. Bring him out would be a good idea. Don't know why they thought it would pop the crowd. You could clearly hear that the crowd weren't bothered. Didn't even like him. Um, I actually heard him getting booed at one point. So Hogan decides to come out and do the shtick where he unintentionally says the name of the stadium wrong. And then he actually unintentionally named the stadium wrong. Unbelievable. What the fuck is this guy got on Vince McMahon? How is he still on a microphone? Anyway, Hogan then starts pausing with Alexa Bliss and then WrestleMania decides to kick the fuck off. Paul Heyman comes storming through them both, stomping down the ring. This guy is fucking infuriated. Got his suit on as usual, grabs a microphone. Wrong, 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 wrong. If Brock Lesnar isn't the fucking main event, then you can all suck a wet dick. Me and Brock are going to get this match out of the way, and then we're off to Las Vegas. So, Brock, get your ass out here. Brock versus Seth Rollins for the Universal title is happening right here, right now. Fans lose their fucking mind. It is Pop City. Brock Lesnar's music hits. This is real. Brock comes down. Seth comes down. Brock immediately gets the upper hand on Seth. This match goes exactly how I expected it to. Brock is there killing Seth. He's throwing him everywhere, beating the holy fuck out of him. Seth's back is lit up. And then there's one spot where Seth pushes Brock into the ref. Um, Seth then curb stomps Brock three times. Boom, match done. Seth's universal champion. Uh, didn't need anything more. The match obviously wasn't a five-star match. It was never going to be. Um, but yeah, buzzing. First of all, we've got a good, uh, good feeling moment. We've got Seth winning, which not a lot of people thought was going to be happening. And yeah, this was the perfect way to kick off WrestleMania. You could have kicked off WrestleMania with a really just throwaway match that no one cared about. But they started off big and it set the tone. It was so, so fucking good. Moving straight along, Styles versus Orton. Unfortunately, this match went exactly how I expected it to. Um, it's Wrestlemania, it's the Super Bowl of wrestling unfortunately when it comes to matches like Styles and Orton um, if they don't decide to put spots in which obviously they don't need to do because it's Styles and Orton two of the best wrestlers in the world there is a chance that it's going to get lost and unfortunately for me this match is one of the matches that got lost last night um, it was a solid match You know, they, they, they weren't botching or anything it was absolutely fine but unfortunately, the crowd hijacked the match because the lights got turned on. Um, yeah, Daniel sent me a photo of what happened. Basically, because it got dark for us watching on TV on the network, they had to put the big lights on, which means the fans couldn't see. It limited their, their viewing because the, the lights were physically in their eyes. So the fans were chanting, we can't see, please turn the lights off. And not a lot of them could really enjoy the match. Uh, and it didn't have a big finish. Styles hit him. Styles hit Orton, sorry, with a second um, phenomenal forearm. Didn't hit a Styles clash or anything like that. And that's it, just pinned him clean in the middle of the ring. So it was a bit anticlimactic. And the match itself, the match itself was fine. 
but unfortunately it'll be known for the crowd, which is a, which is a big shame. Moving right along, Usos versus The Bar versus Nakamura and Rusev versus Ricochet and Alistair Black. This was a really, really strong showing for Alistair Black and Ricochet. This tells me that whether it's Vince or whether Triple H is ordering Vince um, to book these guys right, um, they are getting booked right. Just give me two seconds because Millie's fucking annoying. Millie, what are you doing? Dog's being a prick. What are you doing? Come on. No, we're not playing. We're not playing. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I swear to God, this podcast is just not happening today. It's really not. Oh, my God. But, yeah. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Uh, Ricochet, Alistair Black had a really, really good showing in this match. Um, Usos went over clean. The ending, I thought, personally, it didn't annoy me, but it was just a bit weird. Um, everyone seemed to hit some kind of finisher. Then everyone ended up outside the ring. And then the Usos went to the top row on Sheamus and they held it for a long time. Then they hit the finisher and the three count. But if you think about it, when all the guys went out the ring, they were out there for that long. They'd have all been counted out. It was just a bit, I don't know, just a... Just a anticlimactic is a word I'm going to use for a few of the matches and how they ended from last night. But it's not, it's not something I need to... Stress about. Moving straight along once again. Now we've got Shane versus The Miz. Um, really, really entertaining. Didn't think that this would be as entertaining as it was. I don't really see it as a match either. I think it, I thought, I just looked at it as more of a segment, to be quite honest. Just an entertaining segment to keep the crowd a bit awake. Uh, I think it would have been a lot better if Miz just came out. like he, If it was just a street fight and Miz just came out in like his jeans and a t-shirt. But Miz had his ring gear on. Uh, they were only in the ring for like five minutes, if that. Shane starts off really strong. I love it when Shane just starts running a match as a heel, throwing those little jabs, kicks. Oh, man, he's just so fucking entertaining. Then Miz's dad gets involved. Miz's dad instantly becomes a mean, putting up the deuces, <laughs> trying to fight Shane. Shane plays it off like he's not going to hit him and then fucking nails him. He absolutely nailed him. It was so funny. Miz sees this, uh, rushes Shane, throws him into the crowd. Uh, they end up at the scaffold and Miz suplexes Shane off the top of the scaffold. Um, but Shane ends up on top and Shane gets a three count. Quite surprised Shane won, to be quite honest. I thought this was going to be easy for the Miz. Uh, but yeah, really, really entertaining segment. Um, and I think it did its job, to be honest. I think it kept f some people awake. Moving along. Uh, <laughs> next, we've got the, uh, the women's tag team match for the Raw tag team titles. Or sorry, just the women's tag team titles in general. But this started off with the special guest commentator Paige's music getting hit. And the moment Paige's music got hit and she ended up on commentary, I went on Twitter and I posted the picture of her face when she goes, Paige here! <laughs> and immediately, I just see Twitter getting lit up with the exact same photo. Everyone was singing from the same hymn sheet last night. It was so... So funny. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Paige here. <laughs> oh, that'll never not be funny. Oh, fucking hell. Anyway, um, this match was... It was okay. It was nothing to write home about. There was one spot that I am going to take a gripe about. 
I'm a big fan of Sasha Banks. Not just women rise as well. I generally think she's one of the best wrestlers going. She's her timing's perfect. Her character work is fine. Um, she gets over as a heel or a face. Obviously, her in-ring work is phenomenal. But last night, there was a spot where Natalia was going for a double sharpshooter. And let me just say something, right? If there is a spot that is that awkward, it looks stupid, don't do it. Do something else. Natalia was clearly struggling to put Sasha and Bailey in the sharpshooter at the same time. She had four legs to contend with. And Natalia isn't that big, right? Sasha Banks is led there, looking at her, letting her do it. It went on for about a good 20 seconds. It looked really stupid. Like, really fucking stupid. Sasha isn't trying to talk shit to her, saying, oh, come on, Natty, you can't do it, you can't do it. She isn't trying to, like, pretend to even struggle out of it. She's led there and just looks like she's waiting for Natalia to do it. It looked really... It just... It was a shame because it looked really stupid. Um... But that's just a little gripe. But anyway, um, in the end, the Iconics go over. Something not a lot of people thought would have happened. For me, personally, that is the best outcome in this match, by far. Um, Naya and Tamina are boring as fuck. I'm sorry, but how is Tamina that bad? Tamina is so bad. Everything she did in that match was sloppy as fuck. Oh, man, she's so bad. Um, Yeah, I think if Sasha and Bailey won this match, you'd run the risk of Sasha and Bailey getting um, a bit stale. Bailey, unfortunately, easily, with the character she is, gets stale and boring quite, quite easily. So, yeah, I think this was the right idea, putting the titles on the Iconics. I'm a fan of the Iconics. I think they're entertaining, um, and I think that they'll do well with those titles. I think they'll actually elevate the titles more than Sasha and Bailey would have done. Sasha and Bailey were the right tag team to hold them first. No doubt about that. But... To elevate them to the next level, I think Iconics will do that. And they'll do a really good job. So, yeah, I think um, WWE got that decision right. Moving along next, we've got Kofi versus Daniel Bryan. And while, before I jump into that, I'm have a sip of this H2O. Oh, man, I've still got so much to talk about. So, Kofi versus Daniel Bryan, the first issue that I'm going to have with this is it's in the middle of the card. It's in the middle of a seven-plus-hour card. Jesus wept. The biggest anticipated thing of the night goes on half-time. What the fuck? Whose born-headed idea was that? Who was Albert Einstein on that one? Um, The fans obviously in the stadium enjoyed it because they got it earlier than they expected. Obviously, that means that the fans were a lot more awake for it, which was, again, good for Kofi. I'm glad that Kofi got a big, big pop because he deserves it. But... Even Daniel said when he was in the stadium, and I could see it myself, I could hear it myself. Fans were dead. After this coffee match, after they got what they wanted with coffee, that was it. Fans were spent. They were done. They were in the ground. They were in the grave. They were done. They were so finished. After this, coffee Kingston, there wasn't a pop again. There wasn't a pop. There really wasn't. So anyway, the coffee versus Daniel Bryan match was fine. Good match. <clears throat> Solid match. Um, it obviously finished with Kofi getting built up by Xavier Woods, you know, slamming on the uh, the mat. Kofi hits trouble in paradise. Clean pin in the middle of the ring. Um, yeah, good match. I think, personally, 
it would have been a lot better and a, it would have woken the crowd up a hell of a lot more if they'd have booked it the way they booked Gargano and Cole on NXT. Where Eric Rowan gets involved and the ref isn't looking and hits Kofi. Daniel Bryan goes for the cover. Everyone thinks that that's going to be it. Kofi kicks out. Next minute, Rowan and the New Day get involved in it. Kofi gets the upper hand, but then Daniel cheats. Hits Kofi with a running knee. Ref comes in. Oh my God, Daniel's won it. No, Kofi kicks out again. Daniel gets pissed off. Hits Kofi with another running knee. Looking at New Day as he's pinning Kofi. Kofi kicks out again. Build up Kofi. Trouble in paradise. Daniel stands up. Trouble in paradise again. One, two, three. I think that would have, I think that would have woken up the crowd a hell of a lot more. But I'm not... I've got a gripe with it. Um, the feeling was so fucking cool. It was so special. And a shout out as well to Byron Saxton. A guy that I'm not a massive fan of to be quite honest. I think he's quite scripted and quite boring. But last night, no. Um, the script went out the window. The moment Kofi won, Byron Saxton legitimately, you could hear the, the emotion and the passion in his voice. He didn't sound scripted at all. Um, he just sounded like a Kofi Kingston fan. He sounded so fucking happy. Xavier Woods sold it like an absolute beast. You know, he was almost in tears when he was taking the title and giving it to Kofi. Man, this was such a good feel feel good moment. And it is a shame to a point that this didn't happen earlier in the sense of where this could have been the main event of WrestleMania. It is a shame. Because I think as much as the crowd was dead at the end of it this moment would have been so fucking cool so fucking cool but you know it's it was in the middle of the card which means it got the loudest reaction so for Kofi it was fine but for Wrestlemania it starts going downhill from here uh, next we had Mysterio versus Joe quick match obviously Mysterio was clearly still injured that's why they did it so so, sure, um, I think that they need to jump on this straight away and book Joe strong as fuck. Have him run through everyone for six months straight. Don't have this guy wrestle longer than ten minutes. Just have him kill anyone that gets in that ring. Really build on it. Uh, shout out to Rey Mysterio as well. That attire that he had last night was fucking class. Um, I'm a big fan of comic books. Uh, Spider-Man's one of my favourites. And when he came out as Mysterio, I popped. <laughs> Me personally, I was like, oh my god, that is fucking class. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. But yeah, um, they need to work on Joe now. They need to look at it and go, you know what? This US title has dropped off significantly. Joe's just squashed Rey Mysterio in less than two minutes at WrestleMania. Let's do it. Let's fucking put the heat on this guy. Anyway, moving straight along before my voice, before my fucking voice goes. <clears throat> Oh, come on, we're getting there, we're getting there. Um, Drew McIntyre puts over Roman Reigns clean, that's all I'm going to say about it. I don't want to say what I'm saying. Oh, sorry, I don't want to say what I'm thinking. Because I'm probably going to get in some shit for it. But I will say this. I didn't like the fact that Roman Reigns' symbol has all of a sudden turned into the cancer symbol of his Titantron. I hope that was just a WrestleMania thing. Because if they decide to make Roman Reigns the cancer survivor, that is his character now. If that is his character from now on, that he is the cancer survivor, and he fought cancer, and he comes over everything else because he's a cancer survivor, you can tune me the fuck out of that for a start. Tune me right the fuck out. And that's not because it's Roman Reigns. I do it with anyone. If it was with Kenny Omega, if it was with Hangman Page, if it was with Stone Cold Steve Austin back in the day, if that was their character, 
No. For me, no. That is something that you should never, never try and use to sell a t-shirt or anything like that at all. So, yeah, I hope that was just a one-time WrestleMania thing. I'm happy that McIntyre didn't hit a Claymore. I'm happy that Roman Reigns didn't shit on McIntyre. McIntyre had a good showing. Roman hit him with one spear. That was it done. Let's move straight along. Uh, next we have the Elias segment. Elias comes out. Uh, I thought that was really fucking good and really funny how they did the band thing with him being in the band um, all at once. That was so fucking cool. Uh, then it gets interrupted by a video package of Babe Ruth calling his spot. Then the Doctor of Thugonomics, John Cena, comes out. It was a nice little throwback. Um, John Cena, he was wearing a, si a shirt that was like five sizes too big for him and a cap that looked too big for his head. Um, he looked really old. <laughs> he looked really fucking old. Uh, squash is Elias, done. So yeah, that's where it is. It was, it was a nice throwback. Um, next, we come into the match that really, really fucking hurt this event. It really hurt the crowd. Batista versus Triple H. I was excited for this match, but in general it was slow. It was boring. When they got to the tables, um, the table spots, I think, confused a lot of people. Um, I think they hit three, three moves on the tables that obviously had been set up not to break. And people generally thought it was getting botched. People thought they just kept doing it because the tables weren't going through. But obviously it ends up being the fact that those two weren't going to break because Triple H has to run over them two to spear Dave through the last one. Um, none of the spots took anyone's breath away. Again, Kofi Kingston had taken the majority of the pop now from the crowd. Um, this match, again, like I said, it was paced so, so slow. It really hurt the crowd. Really, really killed anyone that was already in the grave. Um, had died again, basically, in the grave. This match was so, so slow. The finish as well was so boring. Um... And yeah, it's uh, it, it sucks. It's a bit of a shame, really. Obviously, Batista's since come out and said that that was his last match. I was a massive fan of Batista back in the day. He was so fucking cool. And obviously, he's a cool guy now. Obviously, look at him in Hollywood. This guy's awesome. Um, but yeah, the match was the match really wasn't good at all. And uh, also, Sean, fucking post, man. Fuck you. Anyway, um, just a quick one as well. Shawn Michaels, um, one, why was he there? And two, his commentary was too comical for me. It really was. Um, this match had been built up to be serious in the sense of Batista had physically attacked Ric Flair because he wanted a match with Triple H. Um, Batista was being a prick. Uh, he wanted to retire Triple H. There was even moments in the match where Batista looked like he really wanted to do damage to Triple H. That was the story that they were trying to tell. Meanwhile, while they're trying to tell that story that, that Batista wants to retire Triple H, Sean's out here making jokes and making quips. It just it didn't flow. Didn't flow well at all. Everything, everything, everything about this match just didn't work. Really did. So it, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Triple H and I'm a big fan of Batista. And these guys can still go. Obviously, they showed that last night, but it was too slow for where it was on the card. Um, and yeah, just a just a bit of a shame, really. Anyway, next we've got Angle versus Corbin. I'm fine with this. Absolutely fine with this. Angle is an absolute professional. He understands that Baron Corbin is probably the biggest heel in WWE right now. He really is. People genuinely don't like this guy. He's got genuine heat 
which is perfect. That's exactly what you want your heel to do. People are complaining that Corbin isn't liked. He's a heel. That's his job. You fucking mongs. Oh, man. Uh, the match itself, obviously, is nothing to write home about. Corbin gave Angle a really good showing. Angle hit a lot of suplexes. Uh, but Corbin gets the win in the end. Um, it makes sense. It makes sense. We all know that Angle is five steps behind what he used to be like. This would not do anything for Corbin at all if he got beat by Kurt Angle in his last match. So, yeah, Baron Corbin is now retired Kurt Angle. Um, and WWE now need to run with it. WWE now need to start putting this guy in, in the bastard role more than what they already have in the sense of he comes out and he costs Seth Rollins the Universal title. That sets up him versus Seth. He then gets involved in the Universal title picture again, costs someone else. This time he goes over. He starts talking about how he deserves the Universal title. Maybe he wins it at SummerSlam. Then he holds it till WrestleMania and gives it to someone else. The point is this guy is a legitimate heel. He can go in the ring and he's a good promo. Um, and he's just retired Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. So let's build him up. Uh, on a personal note, I want to say thank you, Kurt Angle. Um, his career has been just awesome. It's a shame, obviously, what happened to him um, in those few years with the um, the drug abuse. But that is uh, that's just a little, a little tiny little shadow on a fantastic, fantastic career. Um, I was a massive fan of Kurt Angle back in the day, and I still am. Um, it it really hurts my heart seeing what he's been like in the last two years. He obviously. Like I said before, he's five steps behind where he was. Um, but, yeah, it's it, it, I, I got... I didn't get emotional last night because Angle wasn't getting emotional. You know what I mean? Like, he, he got hit by the end of the days. End of, di end of the days, fuck's sake. He got hit by end of days by Baron Corbin. Corbin immediately left the ring and gave Angle the ring. Respect to Corbin for that. Then Angle stood up like a minute later. <laughs> Angle stood up a minute later. He didn't even have a bead of sweat on him. Angle didn't look like he was going to cry. He didn't even look emotionally. He was just like, oh, I lost. Oh, well, shit happens. So, yeah. Um, thank you, Kurt. Honestly, thank you very much. Uh, next, we got Lashley versus Finn. Uh, disappointed. Really disappointed. The match itself was actually better than I thought it'd be. But Finn's entrance was crap. Finn's entrance was shit as fuck. Um, you've got the most creative character you've got. <clears throat> on your roster right now and you decide that his entrance is going to be him stood on something where no one can see because you put that much bastard smoke on his entrance and then he just jumps off throws his cape down and then does the exact same entrance he gives us every time where he just crawls to the ring what was special about that there was nothing oh man Finn Balor look at some of the entrances he's given us over the years from the zombie entrance at the Wrestle, King, at Wrestle Kingdom, at the Tokyo Dome, to coming out as Venom, to coming out as the Joker, to coming out as Bane on the independent scene. And your idea of being creative for this character is to hoist him up on something, no one can see because it's that fucking dark, and then his music hits, smoke clears, he jumps off something, leaves his cape and just, just wanders down the ring and does his own stuff. Oh, man, they really fucking phoned that entrance in, so that was a shame. Uh, the match itself didn't go that long. Uh, I'm quite surprised Leo Rush wasn't more heavily involved. Shout out to Leo Rush, by the way. This guy wasn't even signed to WWE, what was it, like a year ago, and now he's in the match before um, 
the main event of WrestleMania. And I understand he's not in the match, but you know what I mean. I'm a massive fan of Leo Rush, and I hope this guy has a great fucking career. He's so young, and he's so talented as well. Um, I've actually got down in my notes here. I think Finn Balor versus Leo Rush, or even a triple threat match, would have woken the crowd up more. Um, the crowd were based, The crowd basically knew that Finn was going to win this match. And he did. And he won it easily. Um, Bobby Lashley looked really fucking cool, by the way, with the um, the yellow eyes. Imagine if he did that every night. I think if they kept Leo Rush as the mouthpiece and Bobby Lashley just turned like like a demon, kind of, and just did those yellow eye things every time and he just didn't talk and he just run through people, I think that would get over a lot more. But, yeah, look, it was just the match. It was what it was. There. Beer. Finn is the Intercontinental Champion once again. So now we come to the main event. Um, fucking hell. Fucking hell. It is such a shame that this main event ended up the way it did. Um, look, this is just my opinion. And it's the, opinion, it's the opinion of a lot of people who I've seen on Twitter last night and I've seen on Twitter this morning. Match was botched. Match was sloppy. It was fast-paced. It was fast-paced. And I appreciate a main event that's fast-paced. I really do. But I think it, I think the fast-paced nature of it actually didn't help them. Because it started getting really sloppy. Um, Charlotte ends up on the Titantron in a helicopter. Helicopter lands. Then Ronda Rousey's music hits. That confused a lot of people. Ronda comes out. Next minute, Charlotte comes out. Then Becky Lynch comes out. Becky Lynch got no entrance, but Becky Lynch won the match, so it doesn't matter. Um, straight off the match, uh, it starts off with Ronda being, obviously, the heavy favourite as usual. There was a spot. It started getting sloppy within the first two minutes. There was a spot where Charlotte hit her finisher. I forgot what it was called. Shit. I don't know Charlotte's finish. It's not the spear, it's the other one. It's at the front, it's the front net breaker where they're on the ground. I can't think. Natural selection. Whee! That's the one. Uh, <laughs> she hits a double natural selection on Becky and Ronda. But she didn't hit it. It looked really bad. It looked really, really bad. Um, both Becky and Ronda, none of them sold it right at all. They both timed it terribly wrong. It looked really bad. Um... So obviously the sh the crowd weren't into the crowd wasn't into this match at all. They were so dead, and I don't blame the crowd for it. I really don't. It's just it's a long fucking pay per view, um, and the crowd basically they knew exactly what they were doing. They were either cheering Becky or they were booing everyone else. That's how it was. Um, God, it was such a shame. But anyway, uh, yeah, the match itself wasn't was not good. Um, look. If you're sat there and you're not agreeing with me and you liked the match, you didn't think it was sloppy at all, you thought it was fine, then congratulations, you enjoyed the main event of WrestleMania. And I, you know, I found it entertaining, but the match itself wasn't good. Really wasn't. Um, there was a moment as well that wound me up when Charlotte has already hit a spear. I think she hit a double spear, I think, I'm not too sure. Then, like, five minutes later, she goes and she hits Becky with a spear in the middle of the ring clean and goes for a pin. Becky kicks out at two. 
The crowd's obviously dead, so they're not going to be bothered about it. But the commentators say nothing. Charlotte Fleur has just hit her with her second finisher. In the middle of the ring. That should be it. That should be lights out. Charlotte should be new champion. Two count. And the fucking audio goes dead for the commentary table. Not Corey Graves. Not Michael Cole. Not... Um, oh, fucking hell, I was going to call Lana. What the bloody hell's her name? Oh, my God. Renee. Jesus, wept. That's bad. Um, yeah, none of them mugs commented on the fact that Charlotte should have had the title one then. That really fucking annoyed me. That I don't care how long this event is. If you're getting paid to be the head commentators on the main event of WrestleMania, do your fucking job and try and sell this match as best you can do. Uh, most things in this match did not go right at all. The table spot did not go right. Charlotte didn't get thrown through hard enough. So the table didn't break. Fans didn't like it. Um, I still don't like fans who cheer for tables. I understand tables are entertaining and they're exciting, but fans who cheer for tables and don't get what they want and boo the match, or fans that get tables and it doesn't work right and then boo, fuck off. You're fucking boring. Um, and then anyway, the match ends up botched. Ronda had her shoulders up. Fucking hell. What a shame. Becky wins, which obviously was the right thing to do. The women main event in WrestleMania this year was the right thing to do. But it's just such a shame how the match finished. And it's such a shame how it ended. Um, Becky obviously... She won the match with the 1-2-3. But Ronda Rousey's shoulder was up. Unfortunately for WWE, they cut to a camera angle which showed it perfectly that Ronda Rousey's shoulder was up. There was a point where Becky was celebrating and Corey Graves was harping on and harping on that he wanted to see a more definitive ending to WrestleMania. And Michael Cole, he, he fucking... It sounded like he got really angry and said, the point is, Becky Lynch is now um, holding both titles and um, Renee agreed with him and was like, yeah, Corey, that's the, that's the only thing that you should be talking about, blah, blah, blah. And that felt to me like Vince had had a word. That felt like Vince had said to Michael, shut fucking Corey up now. We're showing one replay and that's it. Because that's all they did. They showed one replay of a different angle and that was it. They didn't They didn't go on about it anymore. So obviously that wasn't planned. It wasn't meant to go down like that where Becky gets the win, but it isn't a clean one. After this, um, I were on Twitter this morning and Sean Ross Sapp, not the biggest fan of him, but when he reports stuff, a lot of times it seems to be going, um, it seems to be the truth. So I believe this. Sean Ross Sapp has reported that apparently Ronda Rousey isn't happy with how the match finished and she thinks that it now makes her look bad. Hmm. Right, okay. Um, this is a hill that I'm going to die on. Four weeks ago, you silly cunt. You put out a video saying that wrestling was fake and scripted and it's not real and you can kill both of these women with your bare hands. Because it's scripted and it's not real and it's fake. Those are the words you used. You then proceeded to fake get arrested. And last night you had a fake main event WrestleMania. 
You sold fake punches, you sold fake suplexes. You sold a fake armbar, you sold a fake leg lock. I don't give a flying fuck if this makes you look bad. At all. You shouldn't have had your shoulders up, should you, you silly cunt? Um, there was also a report from a guy who apparently reports on UFC and wrestling. Um, he's a well-known reporter for, like, I think it was like CNN or something. Um, so again, there's a lot of truth behind this, apparently. But he has said that there's a good chance we're not going to see Ronda Rousey for a long, long time. Um, and I quote, he said, a long, long time, if ever. Those were his exact words. Um, obviously, Dave Meltzer reported a couple of months ago that the plan for Ronda after WrestleMania was to go and start a family with Travis Brown. Um, so, obviously, if Ronda Rousey is going to start a family, she's probably going to be going off the grid. And that's what the report was basically saying, that don't be surprised if Ronda Rousey goes off the grid for a good few years now. And the thing you have to remember is Ronda Rousey, I think her contract is five years. What contract did she sign? I think she signed with WWE and I think it's like a three-year or a five-year thing in the sense of she can't basically go and work for another company without them saying so for five years. Or just some shit like that. I don't know the contract exactly. So, if she goes disappearing for five years, she might not come back. In all honesty, Ronda Rousey did a good job for a women's revolution. Not, a, not I've, I'm completely soured on her after what she said about the industry. But I have to admit, she did a good job with, a, with the women's revolution. So hats off to her. But the video that she put out, I thought was um, there was just no point in it. I felt that it was stupid. Um, she obviously failed as a face and then had to start doing shitty heel stuff that I didn't appreciate. Um... And yeah, that's just... She's been there one year. She's gone through the ringer. She's gone through the emotions. She fa- She really failed as a face. She couldn't cut a decent face promo. So, unfortunately, she got forced to be a heel. But, look, that's, that is what it is. But the go-home thing is that Becky Lynch is now the man. She holds both women titles. And that was it. So all in all, WrestleMania 7 out of 10 for me. Good, good pay-per-view. Really good pay-per-view. It feels weird saying that. Considering how shit it was booked, and considering how shit it's been built over the past few months, and considering they still didn't know where the fuck they wanted to go with the majority of matches and feuds, it did. It ended up alright. So yeah, um, congratulations to WWE, congratulations to anyone involved with uh, with WrestleMania. Let me know what you think on Twitter. Did you like it? Did you not? At Shoot Talk Martin. And I want to say personally thank you very much if you've listened to any or all this. My voice is completely shot now. I cannot fucking believe I recorded an hour off, an hour and a half before and now I've recorded almost 50 minutes. I'm really fucking annoyed. But anyway guys, I hope you enjoyed it and as usual, I'll catch you next time. <laughs>